brought to you by CGTN Europe. Hello and welcome to this week's Razor podcast. I'm Shinny Somara. And I'm Emma Keeling. Today on Razor, I look at a drug that could help us through this COVID-19 pandemic. They found that patients who were on remdesivir did demonstrate a four-day shortening in their course of disease, you know, from 15 days down to 11 days. And I look at how doctors are using virtual technology in hospitals. You get so immersed in this reality that you are completely forgetting what's going on around. And if people don't know what you're doing, they do look at you slightly odd. So once again, you're doing the fun stuff with the gadgets and I'm up to my eyeballs and test tubes and Petri dishes. And I'm not even wearing a lab coat. Not that I'm bitter, Shinny. What? No lab coat this time? No, never. I'm going to get a personal one, I think. An innovative trial using what are known as mixed reality headsets by Imperial College Healthcare NHS Trust in London is proving successful in keeping staff and patients out of harm's way. Louis Coisier, a consultant physician at Imperial College Healthcare, tells us more. So the the mixed reality um, headsets that we've been using are the HoloLens 2. We've used them over the last two months during the coronavirus pandemic, um, but have been using them previously. Um, they are amazing pieces of kits that allow you to um, have a heads-up display that are hands-free. Um, I can show you an example of one just next to me. Um, so it's quite simple. So this is the headset. It's really easy to put on. It pops straight on, tightens, and is quite light. The beauty of the technology is that it allows me to communicate. So it's got uh, headphones, it's got a um, a device so that I can hear uh, noise and uh, it allows me to hear the other user at the other end. At the same time, the user at the other end is able to see whatever I'm seeing in a first person experience. So they can see the patients when I go and review the patients as though they were standing next to me. First of all, just for the people that don't know, what do we mean when we say mixed reality? Well, it looks like a set of Google Glasses or, you know, just a a headset that we've seen with augmented reality and those kind of video gaming headsets that are available. But the fact that it's called mixed reality is to do with the fact that you can see through the goggles But what's superimposed onto your vision of the real world is a bunch of virtual data. So it's mixing the physical world with the digital world and you can interact in real time. Okay. so why are these headsets useful for doctors then, especially in a COVID-19 situation? Well, I think the main emphasis with dealing with COVID-19 was to socially distance and Doctors and the medical profession are in a really compromised situation dealing with people that are highly infectious. And so these headsets have proven to be so useful in maintaining that social distance because often in wards, it's not just one doctor that goes around visiting the patients, it's a team. And rather than having six or seven people walking through a ward... There's just one doctor who's wearing that headset and the rest of the team are behind closed doors. You know, they're in safe quarters and they're able to exchange information that they would have exchanged had they been there physically, but just from a safe distance. 
Fantastic. So why is the mixed reality part important? So wouldn't a headset and a camera do much the same thing? That's a really, really interesting question because you'd think that maybe the headset is used to observe patients. And so in a situation like that, a camera would have been great. But that's what makes these headsets so special because it's not just about observing and seeing a patient with your own eyes, which a camera could do, but it's also about pulling up information from experts that would have wanted to have been by the bedside of these patients and actually scrolling through the data that those experts would have been accessing. So, for example, if you look at a patient that's broken their bones you're not necessarily going to see in depth what their broken bones look like. You need to access x-rays. And so x-rays would pop up on the screen in front of you whilst you're looking at the patient. And the expert, the radiologist who deals with x-rays, would be able to interact with the doctor that's standing there on the scene. Louis Coisier can give you a much more in-depth explanation of how it works. So one of the first things within the first few days of us using the, the HoloLens was uh, I had a couple of occasions when colleagues would come up to me and ask me if I was feeling all right because they had caught me waving my hands sort of vigorously at the start. Or on one occasion, one of my therapists came up to me and said, Louis, are you feeling all right? You were talking to yourself. And it was that moment of sort of chuckling that you get so immersed in this reality that you are completely forgetting what's going on around. And if people don't know what you're doing, they do look at you slightly odd. Um, but actually, as time's gone on, everyone is fully aware that my ward is using the HoloLens day in, day out. So uh, initially, when I'm walking onto the ward rounds, all I am seeing is though I'm wearing some glasses. So it makes no difference to what I'm seeing. It doesn't affect my vision at all. Uh, the, the, I can hear the team all the time talking to me through the headphones. And um, at the same time, when I'm asking them for pieces of information, like an x-ray, for example, then I will, um, that will appear in usually on the right-hand side of my vision, and then I can move that closer or further away from me, or I can overlay that on top of the patients. At the same time, I also have a video feed usually on the left-hand side, which shows to me exactly what's going on in this low-risk room where all my colleagues are. So if there's something they particularly want to show me or something that's going on, it's quite nice to be able to see what's going on in that room. And it also gives me an opportunity to make sure they're all concentrating and all making sure that they are uh, acting as they would on a normal wardrobe. So uh, could you contact doctors and scientists around the world? Because, you know, this is a new virus, things that, you know, are being discovered all the time. So maybe if you're a, a doctor in, in London, you could then connect with somebody in, in Chicago and say, have you seen this symptom, etc.? And you could have almost like a bedside discussion. Absolutely. It's all possible in theory. The doctor that I spoke to, Louis, um, Louis wasn't dealing with people globally, although the headsets definitely have the potential to do that. What he was able to do was interact with people who were directly on his team and swap data that they would have collected anyway. So there's no you know, privacy issues, there's no risks for patients because all of that information would have been gathered regardless. But what it does allow Louis to do is swap between all those bits of data and interact with all the experts he would have interacted with, but just with a reduced infection rate because those experts are not having to be at close quarters with infectious patients. 
So, Shani, I guess the, the, the really amazing thing about, about this crisis is that, you know, we're coming up with these new solutions. And, and this is, seems like it's that sort of thing where you have, have this sort of uh, reality headset, which we weren't really sure what to do with these Google glasses kind of things. But now here we are presented with, you know, the perfect thing to, to use it for and so important. Absolutely. I mean, this crisis has really allowed for a very impactful application to this technology. I mean, the reason why we all thought that Google Glass wasn't that much of a success is because we were looking at these headsets for entertainment. But meanwhile, while we're all getting bored of Google Glass and not really thinking that it's very exciting technology, people in the medical profession were absolutely lapping up this technology. And COVID was a perfect opportunity to put the technology through its paces. And it's really come out successfully. So, you know, the technology has never been bad. It's actually been absolutely incredible. But really, we've been waiting for that opportunity to let it show its true colours. And COVID has been a perfect example of that. So, Shinny, have you ever worn one of these virtual reality headsets? I mean, what's it like? Yeah, I've put on a couple of headsets for different applications. One was for using them to online shop for groceries. Oh, yeah. And then important, yes. Vital, um, particularly in the times we are at in today. Um, But also, I put one on to take a look around Mars. Using, oh, and the data was actually, you know, straight from Mars, um, which I know you're also an expert in. Oh, um, I'm so jealous. And it was like a an opportunity to really feel like I was there on that planet. Another reason that I probably shouldn't put their headset on because I don't need any more not to want to go. <laughs> so when I had this headset on for the online shopping, um, it was a perfect example of where technology could take you but why we were not all jumping on board with it. Because, you know, it gave me functions like being able to pick up, um, I don't know, an item of food like pasta and kind of look closely at the label. And then virtual digital information popped up on the screen to tell me more about calorie counting and vitamin content and all that kind of like auxiliary information that is so perfect so your shop your shop would take like five hours (laughs) yeah from the comfort of my own home um and and almost to the point of you know looking at uh meat and kind of knowing which farms they were from you know and and actually like zooming into the farm and being able to walk through the grass and things like that so it was uh, a strange experience and an experience that makes me understand why the headsets never really took off in a kind of lifestyle arena Um, but it also gave me a massive appreciation for why the headsets would be so fundamental in a medical setting. It's not a cure for COVID-19, but trials of the drug remdesivir have shown quicker recovery time for severely ill patients. Remdesivir is an antiviral medication originally developed to treat Ebola. 
And it wasn't that effective, but it did show promise treating SARS and MERS in animal studies. And I spoke to Dr. Nera Ahuja, and she's the principal investigator of the trial at Stanford University School of Medicine. And she talks a bit more about the drug. This is a virus, it's an RNA virus. And so we like to try antivirals. And this is a nucleoside analog. It intercalates into the uh, DNA and helps stop viral proliferation. And we did see that after, um, you know, enrolling with the, through the NIH trial, you know, they enrolled over a thousand patients and randomized them, double-blinded, placebo-controlled, so very rigorous study methodology. They found that patients who were on remdesivir were, um, did demonstrate a four-day shortening in their course of disease uh, from 11 days, you know, from 15 days down to 11 days. And so that's why we thought remdesivir does have some promise. Initially, it was meant to be for Ebola, is that correct? Correct. That's where it was uh, studied initially. And that's why they thought, well, you know, that's a virus. Um, let's try it with, with this particular uh, disease as well. So, Emma, you seem to have spoken to a huge array of experts. Is this drug the magic bullet? I mean, my honorary PhD is not very far away, Shinny. But in answer to your question, no, it's not the magic bullet. It's not a vaccine. It's one of the many existing drug scientists are trialing to see if they can help treat the SARS-CoV-2 virus. But it's not a cure. Right. So how exactly does it help? Well, the benefits were most pronounced in hospitalised patients who require oxygen support, but they didn't quite need ventilation. And the trial showed that those treated with remdesivir recovered four days faster than those treated with a placebo. And a placebo is a bit like a, a sugar pill that has no effect. And it was recently announced that the trials will test remdesivir in children as well. So, you know, all these trials, I mean, you know, Dr. Huja, she's she's done the, the trial on remdesivir that showed, you know, positives. But now they're looking at maybe if you use it in combination with another drug, um, you know, will that get, give an even better result? Will it be even more effective? So, yeah, on and on we go, or they go. We just have to sit there and wait. And that brings us to the end of another Razor episode. Remember, you can find the videos from these stories on CGTN Europe forward slash Razor. And also, if you want to check out our other Razor podcasts, just go to wherever you find your podcast and type in CGTN Europe. Europe.